Hi, I'm Mike O'Quinn, and welcome to another podcast of Faith Activators. We're so glad you could join us today, and I'm really glad to be talking today with my friend, Rob Williams. Hey, Rob. Hey, how are you doing? Thank you I'm, for having me, Mike. I'm doing well. I love, love your radio, deep bass radio voice, <laughs> and uh, but even more than that, I, I love this parable that you've written, and I want to talk about the book you've written called Think Wave. But before we get into that, Rob, I just wanted to ask you as someone who... Um, you know, really understands parables. Why do you think parables are so powerful? Why do parables hit us in a place that a traditional teaching doesn't? What, what are your thoughts there? Sure, they resonate with us. I mean, we're all stories being written, and a parable is a story to illustrate a point. Um, if you hear a three-point sermon in church, and you ask somebody a week later, you know, what were the three points, unless they've written them down and studied them, they probably will not remember, but when the pastor tells a story, gives an illustration, offers a metaphor, they can recall that. We remember stories. It's a great filing cabinet um, to put facts or truths that we want to remember or we want somebody else to remember. Yeah, and you know, as, as you say that, I think how many times Jesus told parables to illustrate a truth. He wasn't saying, okay, now I want you to understand something about the grace of God. You know, he told the story of this scoundrel, this son who disgraced his father, and just gives us that emotional word picture. And it, it, hits, us, uh, it hits us at a deep place. You know, we're moved by stories. So uh, for your book, uh, what, what, did the parable come first, or did, or did the, uh, the story come first? Like, were you thinking... Like, here's a, a book, here's a story I want to tell. Oh, yeah, that kind of is a neat meaning. Or were you thinking primarily of, I want to get this truth across to young minds? I think it was kind of both. I mean, I've been teaching for 23 years now, and um, I use stories and parables quite often in the classroom um, when I want the students to remember something or I want to present something in a unique, different way other than just a lecture. Um, sometimes I'll um, encase it, wrap it in a story. Um, you know, um, a little sugar makes the medicine go down. Um, and I had some truth that God had been teaching me for about the last seven years or so about renewing the mind and the power of declaration and whatnot. And so um, I wanted to be able to share that with people of all ages and package it in such a way that it would be an enjoyable read. Yeah, and it is enjoyable read. It, it's uh, it's called Think Wave, and it's about um, a boy who finds himself. He falls into this adventure very quickly, right away. His name's Harvey. Why don't you give us a little teaser of the plot, just to kind of tease us with? Okay, like give us the sneak preview, the trailer. Here we go. Sure, um, would be glad to. So Harvey's thirteen years old and doesn't have a whole lot of friends. His mom is bedridden, very sick. And dad is a salesman on the road during the week. So Harvey doesn't have a whole lot of interaction with his family. Um, He doesn't have a lot of friends at school. But the one thing that does become a constant companion are his thoughts. He's a deep thinker. Mm -hmm. He's um, a young man who has a lot of questions about the universe. He asks the big philosophical questions. What is the meaning of life? Is there a God? You know, what would it look like if leaves were blue and the sky was green? Things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he doesn't think that his thinking is going to lead to anything um, of significance, but what he doesn't realize is that there are creatures on another planet that have taken note of his thinking ability, and that's the reason he is nabbed by an alien hound dog and taken to the planet Eklon where he very quickly learns that the universe is in peril. Um, Not only Earth, but other planets as well. And there's a malevolent force afoot, 
and um, trying to take over the thoughts of men and women and other creatures throughout the universe. And um, what happens to the universe, its fate rests on his shoulders. Yeah, that's great. So there's something, you know, as I read it, I don't know if you ever watched uh, any of the uh, Percy Jackson uh, movie sure. films or like he's an ordinary kid, and, but he's really meant for something great, this mm-hmm. world. You know, he, he has dyslexia, but really it's because he understands, uh, you know, Egyptian hieroglyphics, you know, mm-hmm. it's something like that. And similar, like Har- Harvey thinks, well, I'm just a deep thinker and this amounts to nothing. But on this other planet, it's a great power. And then on this planet, he, 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 he finds out about a force, obviously. And I just want to read one, one quote here uh, about the unseen. And this is in page 210, and I love this quote. Uh, Something outside of yourself is comforting you in such a way as to make you courageous. It's beyond, above, and greater than what you could conjure up on your own. So Harvey finds that he uh, needs to tap into a higher power, which is, drumroll please. Yeah, sure, it's the... Uh, it's- the divine presence. It's God. But in the book, I refer to it as the unseen. Right. You don't want to just say, kind of like C.S. Lewis didn't want to just say, here's here's some good Christian orthodoxy, kids. Sure. Yeah, and I don't want unbelievers or people that are not necessarily um, spiritually attuned or whatnot to be turned off right. if I throw out some Christian terms right away. Which I think is brilliant. So, because you're, 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 you're um, presenting people... Uh, this picture, and it's like, oh, that makes sense. But if the word you throw out a word out there that immediately they turn off, they don't listen. So you're kind of sneaking up, sneaking up behind someone. Yeah, and, a little uh, bit coming through the back. Or door. as yeah. what um, Flannery O'Connor said, uh, "Tell the truth, but tell it slant." You know, <laughs> I love that quote. So, so you've got this, you've got this idea, and you, you the story said they're kind of simultaneous. So, what was the writing process like for you, actually? You know, putting this idea that you had and actually getting it on paper. What was that process like? Sure. Um, well, originally I came up with this idea um, years ago about a kid in the backyard, and all of a sudden a dog appears and nabs him, takes him to another universe. But I didn't have a truth really to share at the time. Um, but back in 2011, I wanted to share what God had been teaching me about renewing the mind. And so I coupled it with this original idea I have, and the story just kind of took off. Um, And I got the basic plot rather quickly, Um, a lot of details to fill in along the way. So it was a a year-long, year-and-a-half-long writing process and then the revision process and whatnot. So probably a little bit over two years from start to finish. Okay, and was it, did you feel caught up in uh, the muse and the creativity juices flowing, or some people write it's like more of a grind. Like I'm going to write, you know, X number of words a day. Some people just write when they feel like it. What, what, what was your creative process like? Yeah, I think I got caught up in the story. Uh-huh. Um, you know, as any writer knows, once you get into the plot, the characters actually almost become real. Mm-hmm. Um, they become personal to you, and so um, I was enjoying the story unfolding because a writer never knows exactly where the story's going to go. Um, you have the basic plot. There's twists and turns that change, that develop as you're actually, you know, completing the manuscript. And that was a lot of fun. And I think that's where a lot of the enthusiasm came from for me to actually finish the book. Well, it's a fun read. It's very profound. Um, I'd encourage you, especially young people, you know, reading this and just engaging their heart in a way. What kind of feedback have you gotten? Has it been fun as people have read the book or... 
um, you know, have you had some that makes it feel worth it that you've written this? Sure. And my target age um, was young teen to um, young adult. What's been very surprising is the older readers that have really enjoyed it. Um, I have a handwritten letter from a 75-year-old woman that is hanging in my office. um, And she said, I've read a lot of books in my life, but this one had such a profound impact upon me, and especially the spiritual aspect. And so that's been a lot of fun. And then I've had kids as young as 10 years old, you know, want to know when the second book is coming out and get excited about it. So yeah, Tell us about that. When is the second book coming out? That's a great question. You're we're working hoping, on it now. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping toward the end of May. It's under revision right now. It's being edited. So it's just kind of a waiting game at this point. That's great. That's great. Well, I... I love it. It's such a good, like I said, it's such a good analogy that truths are so potent and it's a fun read. You don't feel like you're, you're just reading um, just some teaching, but you know, there's a story and similar to what C.S. Lewis did. I heard that it was said of him that he thought he wanted to get some truths across and he thought the best way to do that would be through children's literature, you know, that, so it was actually the ideas of the kingdom of God that he wanted to come across. Um, what would you say to anyone listening to this who is thinking about writing a book? Would you say, don't do it or do it or what, what would you say to people who have just kind of, I kind of I'm not had an idea for a book yeah I would say if it's something that has been nagging you for multiple years and won't go away uh-huh. um, um, you should probably do it especially if you feel like the Lord is calling you toward writing something but you need to know this going in it's a very arduous difficult process um, and you have to have some very thick skin. And I realized that my skin was thinner than I actually initially thought. <laughs> right. When you're pouring out, you know, you write the first draft and you show it to someone and you're kind of sure. hoping to say, yeah, it's your baby. this is brilliant. Don't change a thing. Right. It's like what we want to hear. Yeah, that's what you want. But And I know you have a blog. People can find more writing samples. Uh it's Rob Williams. What's the blog again? Sure. My website is rduncanwilliams.com. R. And, Duncan. How do you spell Duncan? Uh, D-U-N-C-A-N. Okay. And um, you can listen to the first two chapters for the charge um, from ThinkWave. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. And you could, it's on ebook as well. People could read it, read the right. sample. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, well, that's great. Well, um, you know, what... Someone reads this book, and uh, you know, you said this came out of God teaching you things of the, of the transformed mind. What would you hope a young reader comes away with after reading this book? Like, what would be what would be music to your ears for a thirteen year old to come up and say, "I read your book and I learned blank." Yeah, the importance of being very careful about what comes into our mind. Um, and one of the things that I tried to do in the book is point out how easily we are deceived, mm-hmm. um, and especially the web of lies that we put on ourselves, and being able to recognize our own self-deception, and the importance not only of renewing your mind with truth, but also declaring the truth, so we can actually hear it with our own ears. That's part of the process as well. Mm-hmm. And... Uh yeah, the the battle the battle uh, field between our two ears. That's a pretty important place of what we think. And I heard someone say today, you know, just even what we imagine God to be like affects every single category of our life. Do you, is he is he angry at you? Does he love you? Does he delight in you? You know, just even that one like your perception of God and how how radical it might not feel like it because it's just a, a small battlefield. It's just between our two ears. You know, it's just a tiny little spot, but it's so critical. Well, um, 
I, I love this. And, and, you know, are you going to continue this theme in, in, other, in the follow-up books, or is it going to be... Uh, is it going to be a new type of truth that you're trying to get across, or is that? Can you tell us? Sure, it's both. Um, it we'll continue the theme with uh, of re- uh, renewing the mind, but there's also the theme of um, forgiveness and the power of forgiveness, and what unforgiveness does to a person's mind, and how unforgiveness can open you up, open you up um, to spiritual attack, and that really comes out in the second book. Awesome, awesome. Well, this has been great, Rob. I think it's going to be just a fantastic um, read. And I, I gave it to my children to say, hey, you know, read this because they kind of, eh. you know, sometimes I try to get them to read some teaching book and they're just like, yeah, but they'll read a story. I mean, they love that. We love stories. Can I ask you to end this conversation just with a prayer, just praying uh, maybe for uh, for our minds, anyone listening, just our minds would be renewed and we would recognize the lies that we believe and let the Lord uproot those. Mm-hmm. And also, maybe just pray for people out there with the stirring to write. They would go ahead and take that first sure. step. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, Lord God, we, um, we know that you are the one that have, has fashioned our minds. And um, Lord, you're also acutely aware of how um, deception, lies get embedded in our minds and how they subsequently change our behavior many times, behavior that causes us to wander away from you. So I pray that um, for everybody listening, including myself, um, that you would uproot lies that are still embedded, that we're not even aware of, that we have blind spots to, Lord God, and that you would replace those lies with your truth and that we would quickly begin to see our lives, our behavior, and even our relationship with you transformed by the renewing of our mind. And anybody out there that's listening, and if they've got a impulse, a desire um, to write, I pray that you would um, fan that into flame, Lord God, and that it would become reality, not just a latent dream in your name. Amen. Well, this has been really fun, Rob. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. It's, I appreciate it. It's great. And once again, the name of the book is Think Wave. Um, and the, it, it goes by R. Duncan Williams, correct? If that is been, correct. If, that's my author then, name. That's your author name and the same name for the blog if you want to read some samples. That is correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, you can you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or on Android on your phone. And we're so glad you're part of this conversation. And uh, please leave any comments for Rob uh, on this blog post. And we, we, he'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much. And God bless. Bye-bye.